Lizzie here, and I'm here to get you out of the doom and gloom reports of everyday life by bringing a smile to your lips and a warmth to your heart, by dishing up some of my own real life stories from behind my bifocals and adding uplifting and humorous stories from others. This week, we're starting out our podcast with all the crazy moments we use time. Then I'd like to add some fun things from the Chatterbox News. A great idea about dusting. Uh, we like to add things that we ask, did you know? We've included 12 commandments for seniors, and then we'll finish off with a question about how is church treating you? Good morning, Miss Clara. I guess this week you're going to treat us with the crazy moments that we use time. Morning, Lizzie, and all you faithful listeners who take the time every week to tune in to the craziness of my life. Life is what you do to your croak, is what I say. Live life to the fullest and make each minute of your time count. So let's get started with my view of time. You're so right, Clara. Time is something we can never get back, so use it wisely. Well, Lizzie, I had time on my hands the other day. Well, I have time on my hands every day when I think about it. Although what time on my hands means, I'll never know. I have time on my wrist. I've got time on my clocks. I've got time in my car. And I can hear the time when I have my radio on. But I had checked out my hands both front and back. And I never did find the time there. Maybe I need... To check to get my bifocals done. <laughs> I don't think that has anything much to do with it, Clara. Well, anyway, I had some spare time, but now I wonder what spare time means. Is that extra time over and above 24 hours? Seems I have time to spare all the time now, so does that mean I pinched the time before and had none to spare? This really got me to thinking, Lizzie. What about time off for good behavior? How come I had no time off for bad behavior? Boy, I'd have lots of added time for that. Oh, Clara, you're too busy having the time of your life. But now, how can I have lots of added time? Can I add more to the 24 hours in a day? And would I put that added time on in the day for more work time, play time, or at night for napping time? I'd probably add that time to the night because I need my sleep after using my spare time for talking on the phone. Wow, only you could come up with these questions. Well, I was out late one night, and when I finally got home, Clem said, Well, it's about time you got home. About time for what, I wonder? What is about time about? Does time wander about the day waiting to pounce on the unsuspected person who's late? Or is wandering around looking for the time? What about taking time for myself? What time could I use for me? I think I use a lot of my time for me because without me around, I wouldn't use any time at all. When I croaked, does the time I let go of give someone else extra time? Where, where you come up with all this is beyond me, Clara. But keep going. I'm sure you have more where that came from. Yippers! 
How about when music's playing and you're keeping time with your foot? How do you keep time? I don't know how you do that. If you could keep time, then couldn't you be young and gorgeous forever? Looking at my lifelines in the mirror, I just know that's the one I'd go for. I wonder if we would really like to keep time. I think life might get boring spending your time in one place. Well, Lizzie, then there's in time. I've heard others say to me, in time, Clara, if you follow the hungry man's diet, you'll lose weight. I've been looking in everything to see if I can find that dang time. I got a phone call to say I won a trip to Mexico, but they said I had to answer a skill testing question. And when I didn't answer, the guy that was on the phone on the event said, sorry, you're out of time. I pleaded with him to let me go back in time so I had more time to figure the question out. No such time was available. I will now forever be questioning when I hear the word time come up. Oh, no. Well, you notice that people ask others for the time as if they didn't have enough for themselves. I wonder if time can be handed out and become a thing. Why are we beholden to this time thing? Our life, I realize, is controlled by a four-letter word, time. Think about it, folks. I think it's time to go now as it's time to take my meds. Or so you're thinking. So for now, I'll leave you all to figure out how you'll be using your time. Until next week, bye! Thanks so much, Clara, for this lesson. I'm sure we'll all come to a conclusion in time. Ladies, remember a layer of dust protects the wood beneath it. A house becomes a home when you can write, I love you, on the furniture. I used to spend at least eight hours every weekend making sure things were just perfect, in case someone came over. Finally, I realized one day that no one came over. They're all out living life and having fun. Now when people visit, I don't explain the condition of my home. They're more interested in hearing about the things I've been doing while I was away living life and having fun. If you haven't figured this out yet, please heed this advice. Life is short. Enjoy it. It's not what you gather, but what you scatter that tells what kind of life you've lived. Now here's a little ditty about dust if you must. Dust if you must, but wouldn't it be better to paint a picture or write a letter, bake cookies or a cake and lick the spoon or plant a seed, ponder the difference between want and need? Dust if you must, but there's not much time with coffee to drink and mountains to climb, music to hear and books to read, friends to cherish and life to lead. Dust if you must. But the world's out there with the sun in your eyes, the wind in your hair, a flutter of snow, a shower of rain. This day will not come around again. Dust if you must, but bear in mind old age will come and it's not kind. And when you go and go you must, you yourself will make more dust. The author was unknown to that one, but I did think it was cute. Did you know they used to use urine to tan animal skins so families used to all pee in a pot and then once a day it was taken and sold to the tannery if you had to do this to survive you were piss poor but worse than that 
were the really poor folk who couldn't even afford to buy a pot. They didn't have a pot to piss in and were the lowest of the low. The next time you're washing your hands and complain because the water temperature isn't just how you like it, think about how things used to be. Here are some facts about the 1500s. Most people got married in June because they took their yearly bath in May and they still smelled pretty good by June. However, since they were starting to smell, brides carried a bouquet of flowers to hide the body odor. Hence the custom today of carrying a bouquet when getting married. Baths consisted of a big tub filled with hot water. The man of the house had the privilege of the nice clean water. Then all the other sons and men, then the women, and finally the children. Last of all, the babies. By then the water was so dirty you could actually lose someone in it. Hence the saying, don't throw the baby out with the bath water. Houses had thatched roofs, thick straw piled high with no wood underneath. It was the only place for animals to get warm. So all the cats and other small animals, mice and bugs lived in the roof. When it rained, it became slippery and sometimes the animals would slip and fall off the roof. Hence the saying, it's raining cats and dogs. There was nothing to stop things from falling into the house. This posed a real problem in the bedroom where bugs and other droppings could mess up your nice clean bed. Hence, a bed with big posts and a sheet hung over the top afforded some protection. That's how canopy beds came into existence. The floor was dirt. Only the wealthy had something other than dirt. Hence the saying, dirt poor. The wealthy had slate floors that would get slippery in the winter when wet. So they spread thresh or straw on the floor to help keep their footing. As the winter wore on, they added more thresh until when you opened the door, it would all start slipping outside. A piece of wood was placed in the entranceway, hence a threshold. In those old days, they cooked in the kitchen with a big kettle that always hung over the fire. Every day they lit the fire and added things to the pot. They ate mostly vegetables and did not get much meat. They'd eat the stew for dinner, leaving leftovers in the pot to get cold overnight and then start over the next day. Sometimes stew had food in it that had been there for quite a while, hence the rhyme. Peas, porridge, hot. Peas, porridge, cold. Peas, porridge in the pot, nine days old. Sometimes they could obtain pork, which made them feel quite special. When visitors came over, they'd hang up their bacon to show off. It was a sign of wealth that a man could bring home the bacon. They'd cut off a little to share with guests and would all sit around and chew the fat. Those with money had plates made of pewter. Food with high acid content caused some of the lead to leach into the food, causing lead poisoning death. This happened most often with tomatoes. So for the next 400 years or so, tomatoes were considered poisonous. Bread was divided according to status. Workers got the burnt bottom of the loaf, the family got the middle, and guests got the top or the upper crust. Lead cups were used to drink ale or whiskey. The combination would sometimes knock the imbibers out for a couple of days. Someone walking along the road would take them for dead and prepare them for burial. They were laid out on the kitchen table for a couple of days and the family would gather around and eat and drink and wait to see if they'd wake up. Hence the custom of holding awake. The country is old and small and the local folks started running out of places to bury people. So they'd dig up coffins and would take the bones to a bone house and reuse the grave. When reopening these coffins, one out of 25 coffins were found to have scratch marks on the inside. 
and they realized they had been burying people alive. So they would tie a string on the wrist of the corpse, lead it through the coffin and up through the ground and tie it to a bell. Someone would have to sit out on the graveyard all night, the graveyard shift, to listen for the bell. Thus, someone could be saved by the bell or was considered a dead ringer. That's the truth. Now, whoever said history was boring. Now here's 12 commandments for seniors. Talk to yourself. There are times you need expert advice. In style are the clothes that still fit. You don't need anger management. You need people to stop making you angry. Your people skills are just fine. It's your tolerance for the idiots that need work. The biggest lie you tell yourself, I don't need to write that down, I'll remember it. On time is when you get there. Even duct tape can't fix stupid, but it sure does muffle the sound. It'd be wonderful if we could put ourselves in the dryer for 10 minutes, then come out wrinkle-free and three sizes smaller. Lately, you've noticed people your age are so much older than you. Growing old should have taken longer. Aging has slowed you down, but it hasn't shut you up. You still haven't learned to act your age and hope you never will. And one more. One for the road means peeing before you leave the house. If you enjoy Life with Aunt Lizzie, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love to bring you these uplifting and fun pieces of humor and sometimes thought-provoking articles. And if you'd like to receive our Chatterbox News, where you'll find all kinds of fun things to bring a smile to your lips and a warmth to your heart, please visit www.lifewithauntlizzie.com and sign up for your free personal copy. Thank you for visiting with us this week, and we look forward to tickling your funny bone on further episodes. Meanwhile, take care, keep smiling, until the next time.